Case One, A Psychical Invasion, Part Three of John Silence. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Draconis. John Silence by Algernon Blackwood. Case One, Part Three a psychical invasion but let me first finish the story of my experimental dose for i took it again the third night and underwent a very similar experience delayed like the first in coming and then carrying me off my feet when it did come with a rush of false demon laughter this time however there was a reversal of the changed scale of space and time it shortened instead of lengthened so that I dressed and got downstairs in about twenty seconds, and the couple of hours I stayed and worked in the study passed literally like a period of ten minutes. That is often true of an overdose, interjected the doctor, and you may go a mile in a few minutes, or a few yards in a quarter of an hour. It is quite incomprehensible to those who have never experienced it, and is a curious proof that time and space are merely forms of thought this time pender went on talking more and more rapidly in his excitement another extraordinary effect came to me and i experienced a curious changing of the senses so that i perceived external things through one large main sense channel instead of through the five divisions known as sight smell touch and so forth you will i know understand me when i tell you that i heard sights and saw sounds no language can make this comprehensible of course and i can only say for instance that the striking of the clock I saw as a visible picture in the air before me, I saw the sounds of the tinkling bell, and in precisely the same way I heard the colors in the room, especially the colors of those books in the shelf behind you, those red bindings I heard in deep sounds, and the yellow covers of the French bindings next to them made a shrill, piercing note, not unlike the chattering of starlings. That brown bookcase muttered, and those green curtains opposite kept up a constant sort of rippling sound like the lower notes of a wood horn but i only was conscious of these sounds when i looked steadily at the different objects and thought about them the room you understand was not full of a chorus of notes but when i concentrated my mind upon a colour i heard as well as saw it that is a known though rarely obtained effect of cannabis indica observed the doctor and it provoked laughter again did it only the muttering of the cupboard bookcase made me laugh it was so like a great animal trying to get itself noticed and made me think of a performing bear which is full of a kind of pathetic humour you know but this mingling of the senses produced no confusion in my brain on the contrary i was unusually clear-headed and experienced an intensification of consciousness and felt marvellously alive and keen-minded moreover when i took up a pencil in obedience to an impulse to sketch a talent not normally mine i found that i could draw nothing but heads nothing in fact but one head always the same the head of a dark-skinned woman with huge and terrible features and a very drooping left eye and so well drawn too that i was amazed as you may imagine and the expression of the face pender hesitated a moment for words casting about with his hands in the air and hunching his shoulders a perceptible shudder ran over him what i can only describe as blackness he replied in a low tone the face of a dark and evil soul you destroyed that too queried the doctor sharply no i have kept the drawings he said with a laugh and rose to get them from a drawer in the writing-desk behind him 
Here is all that remains of the pictures you see, he added, pushing a number of loose sheets under the doctor's eyes. Nothing but a few scrawly lines. That's all I found the next morning. I had really drawn no heads at all. Nothing but those lines and blots and wriggles. The pictures were entirely subjective and existed only in my mind, which constructed them out of a few wild strokes of the pen. Like the altered scale of space and time, it was a complete delusion. These all passed, of course, with the passing of the drug's effects. But the other thing did not pass, I mean. The presence of that dark soul remained with me. It is here still. It is real. I don't know how I can escape from it. It is attached to the house, not to you personally. You must leave the house. Yes, only I cannot afford to leave the house, for my work is my sole means of support, and, well, you see, since this change, I cannot even write. They are horrible, these mirthless tales I now write, with their mockery of laughter, their diabolical suggestions. Horrible? I shall go mad if this continues. He screwed his face up and looked about the room, as though he expected to see some haunting shape. This influence in this house, induced by my experiment, has killed in a flash, in a sudden stroke, the sources of my humor, and though I still go on writing funny tales, I have a certain name, you know. My inspiration has dried up, and much of what I write I have to burn, yes, doctor, to burn, before anyone sees it. As utterly alien to your own mind and personality? Utterly, as though someone else had written it. Ah. And shocking. He passed his hand over his eyes a moment and let the breath escape softly through his teeth. Yet most damnably clever, in the consummate way the vile suggestions are insinuated under cover of a kind of hydrollery. My stenographer left me, of course, and I've been afraid to take another. John Silence got up and began to walk about the room, leisurely without speaking. He appeared to be examining the pictures on the wall and reading the names of the books lying about. Presently he paused on the hearthrug with his back to the fire and turned to look his patient quietly in the eyes. Pender's face was grey and drawn. The hunted expression dominated it. The long recital had told upon him. "'Thank you, Mr. Pender,' he said, a curious glow showing about his fine, quiet face. "'Thank you for the sincerity and frankness of your account. But I think now there is nothing further I need ask you.' He indulged in a long scrutiny of the author's haggard features, drawing purposely the man's eyes to his own, and then meeting them with a look of power and confidence, calculated to inspire even the feeblest soul with courage. "'And to begin with,' he added, smiling pleasantly, let me assure you without a delay that you need have no alarm, for you are no more insane or deluded than I myself am. Pender heaved a deep sigh and tried to return the smile. And this is simply a case, so far as I can judge at present, of a very singular psychical invasion, and a very sinister one, too, if you perhaps understand what I mean. It's an odd expression. You used it before, you know, said the author wearily, yet eagerly listening to every word of the diagnosis, and deeply touched by the intelligent sympathy which did not at once indicate the lunatic asylum. Possibly, returned the other, and an odd affliction too, you'll allow, yet one not unknown to the nations of antiquity, nor to those moderns, perhaps you recognize the freedom of action under certain pathogenic conditions between this world and another. And you think, asked Pender hastily, that it is all primarily due to the cannabis? There is nothing radically amiss with myself, nothing incurable or due entirely to the overdose dr silence replied emphatically to the drug's direct action upon your psychical being it rendered you ultra-sensitive and made you respond to an increased rate of vibration 
and let me tell you mr pender that your experiment might have had results far more dire it has brought you into touch with a somewhat singular class of invisible but of one i think chiefly human in character you might however just as easily have been drawn out of human range altogether and the results of such a contingency would have been exceedingly terrible indeed you would not now be here to tell the tale i need not alarm you on that score but mention it as a warning you will not misunderstand or underrate after what you have been through you look puzzled you do not quite gather what i am driving at and it is not to be expected that you should for you i suppose are the nominal christian with the nominal christian's lofty standard of ethics and his utter ignorance of spiritual possibilities beyond a somewhat childish understanding of spiritual wickedness in high places you probably have no conception of what is possible once you break down the slender gulf that is mercifully fixed between you and the outer world but my studies and training have taken me far outside these orthodox trips and i have made experiments that i could scarcely speak to you about in language that would be intelligible to you he paused a moment to note the breathless interest of pender's face and manner every word he uttered was calculated he knew exactly the value and effect of the emotions he desired to waken in the heart of the afflicted being before him and from certain knowledge i have gained through various experiences he continued calmly i can diagnose your case as i said before to be one of psychical invasion and the nature of this uh, invasion stammered the bewildered writer of humorous tales there is no reason why i should not say at once that i do not yet quite know replied dr silence i may first have to make one or two experiments on me gasped pender catching his breath not exactly the doctor said with a grave smile but with your assistance perhaps i shall want to test the conditions of the house to ascertain impossible the character of the forces of this strange personality that has been haunting you at present you have no idea exactly who what why asked the other in a wild flurry of interest dread and amazement i have a very good idea but no proof rather returned the doctor the effects of the drug in altering the scale of time and space and merging the senses have nothing primarily to do with the invasion they come to any one who is fool enough to take an experimental dose it is the other features of your case that are unusual you see you are now in touch with certain violent emotions desires purposes still active in this house that were produced in the past by some powerful and evil personality that lived here how long ago or why they still persist so forcibly i cannot positively say but i should judge that they are merely forces acting automatically with the momentum of their terrific original impetus not directed by a living being a conscious will you mean possibly not but none the less dangerous on that account and more difficult to deal with i cannot explain to you in a few minutes the nature of such things for you have not made the studies that would enable you to follow me but i have reason to believe that on the dissolution of death of a human being its forces may still persist and continue to act in a blind unconscious fashion as a rule they speedily dissipate themselves but in the case of a very powerful personality they may last a long time and in some cases of which i incline to think this is one these forces may coalesce with certain non-human entities who thus continue their life indefinitely and increase their strength to an unbelievable degree 
if the original personality was evil, the beings attracted to the leftover forces would also be evil. In this case, I think, there has been an unusual and dreadful aggrandisement of thoughts and purposes left behind long ago by a woman of consummate wickedness and great personal power of character and intellect. Now, do you begin to see what I am driving at a little? Pender stared fixedly at his companion, plain horror showing in his eyes, but he found nothing to say, and the doctor continued. In your case, predisposed by the action of the drug, you have experienced the rush of these forces in undiluted strength. They wholly obliterate in you the sense of humour, fancy, imagination, all that makes for cheerfulness and hope. They seek, though, perhaps automatically only, to oust your own thoughts and establish themselves in their place. You are the victim of a psychical invasion. At the same time, you have become clairvoyant in the true sense. You are also a clairvoyant victim. Pender mopped his face and sighed. He left his chair and went over to the fireplace to warm himself. You must think me a quack to talk like this, or a madman, laughed Dr. Silence. But never mind that. I have come to help you, and I can help you if you will do what I tell you. It is very simple. You must leave this house at once. Oh, never mind the difficulties. We will deal with those together. I can place another house at your disposal, or I would take the lease here off your hands, and later have it pulled down. Your case interests me greatly, and I mean to see you through, so that you have no anxiety and can drop back into your old groove of work tomorrow. The drug has provided you, and therefore me, with a shortcut to a very interesting experience. I am grateful to you. The author poked the fire vigorously, emotion rising in him like a tide. He glanced towards the door nervously. There is no need to alarm your wife or to tell her the details of our conversation, pursued the other quietly. Let her know that you will soon be in possession again of your sense of humour and your health, and explain that I am lending you another house for six months. Meanwhile, I may have the right to use this house for a night or two for my experiment. Is that understood between us? I can only thank you from the bottom of my heart, stammered Pender, unable to find words to express his gratitude. Then he hesitated for a moment, searching the doctor's face anxiously. And your experiment with the house? he said at length. Of the simplest character, my dear Mr. Pender, although I am myself an artificially trained psychic, and consequently aware of the presence of discarnate entities as a rule, I have so far felt nothing here at all. This makes me sure that the forces acting here are of an unusual description. What I propose to do is to make an experiment with a view of drawing out this evil, coaxing it from its lair, so to speak, in order that it may exhaust itself through me and become dissipated forever. I have already been inoculated, he added. I consider myself to be immune. Heavens above, gasped the author, collapsing onto a chair. Hell beneath might be a more appropriate exclamation, the doctor laughed. But seriously, Mr. Pender, this is what I propose to do, with your permission. Of, of course, of course, cried the other. You have my permission and my best wishes for success. I can see no possible objection, but... But what? I pray to heaven you will not undertake this experiment alone, will you? Oh, dear, no, not alone. You will take a companion with good nerves and reliable in case of disaster, won't you? I shall bring two companions, the doctor said. Ah, that's better. I feel easier. 
i am sure you must have among your acquaintances men who i shall not think of bringing men mr pender the other looked up sharply no or women either or children i don't understand who will you bring then animals explained the doctor unable to prevent a smile at his companion's expression of surprise two animals a cat and a dog pender stared as if his eyes would drop out upon the floor and then led the way without another word into the adjoining room where his wife was awaiting them for tea End of Case 1, Part 3 Recording by Draconis The Real Basement Dwellers Podcast Will work for money.net